Now this is a real podcast with a beginning, a middle, and a twist. You're listening to Zach Spooktacularathon. Quick warning before we get started, this episode will contain spoilers for the 2015 film Goosebumps. Hey everybody, welcome back to the final episode of this week's Zack Spooktacular-thon series. Uh, we finished off with our kid-friendly film of the week, which is Goosebumps. And it's Friday, so maybe grab yourself a nice seasonal um, pumpkin spice latte, something like that. Uh, we're into the thick of October now. Tonight we enjoyed Goosebumps, which is a 2015 film by director Rob Letterman. And we're going to do a quick summary so you can enjoy that seasonal drink you've got in your hands uh, while I go ahead and try to get through what I just watched. You start off with two characters, Zach and Gail, and they it's a mother and her son. And they're moving to a new town because Gail has accepted a job at a new high school. Gail's played by Amy Ryan, and Zach is played by Dylan Minnette. Um, once they move to the new school, it seems like their father and husband are out of the picture. Uh, it appears that he probably died in the past. I don't think they really expand on that in the movie unless I forgot. But they go to this new school, and Zach meets this girl, Hannah, who lives next door to them. He doesn't meet her at the school, though. But he sees her outside her house and for some reason instantly seems to fall in love with her. And her father that she lives with is R.L. Stein. He's played by uh, Jack Black. He is a reclusive character who never leaves his house. Then Zack falls further in love with Hannah. And they decide to go out one night, which is very much against R.L. Stein's rules. He does not want Hannah to leave the house ever. And when they get back, Zach uh, gets in some trouble with R.L. Stein. And Hannah gets in some trouble. And then they both go to their houses, uh, respectively. Zach looks out his window and he hears this yelling from Hannah and thinks she's in trouble. So he calls the cops. The cops come over and R.L. Stein tells them that he was just uh, playing a movie on television. The cops get mad at Zach. There's a lot going on in the first part of this film. But anyways, R.L. Stein gets mad at Zach and the cops tell him that he should not do false police reports because it could be time in jail, one of the cops says, because she doesn't really know what she's talking about. But Zach decides to investigate further and make sure Hannah's doing okay. He has his friend Champ come along when they go into R.L. Stein's house, and they uncover some books and start to realize who Jack Black is playing, that he's playing R.L. Stein the writer of these books and they realize it's a bunch of goosebumps books and i believe it's champ who opens one of them and then this abominable snowman comes out 
and starts wreaking havoc. And then when they go to capture the abominable snowman, they've recruited Hannah at this point, who they realize is at home and not being abused by her father. Uh, they go out and they try to capture the abominable snow snowman. They don't succeed too well. And then R.L. Stein shows up and realizes that uh, all they have to do is open this book. And that sucks the character back into the book. Then they go back to R.L. Stein's house and realize that this dummy named Slappy has escaped from one of the books. Slappy decides to wreak havoc on the whole town by opening all of R.L. Stein's books. We find out that all of these books are magical. And once they're open, they release the characters inside. And the only way to get the characters back is to suck up all the books. So Slappy, the dummy, uh, who hates being called a dummy, he decides to open all the books, let all the creatures out, and then burn all the books so that they can't be sucked back into the books. So the majority of this movie is all the main characters trying to hunt down these creatures, but they also don't have a book to suck them into anymore. So they decide that they actually need to have R.L. Stein write a new book that involves all the creatures so that they just have to open this one book and that book will suck in all the creatures and get rid of all the problems that the town is having. Uh, along the way, they learn that Hannah appears to actually be somebody that was written into an R.L. Stein book, and Zach gets pissed at R.L. Stein for not telling Hannah that she's not real. And then the end of the movie is Hannah tells Zach that she always knew she wasn't real. They all try to suck all the creatures back in the book, which would include Hannah, because he had to write her into the book, I guess, for some reason. Not really explained why she had to be written into the book. But... Uh, they suck all the creatures back into the book, including Hannah. And then the final scene, you have R.L. Stein is no longer a recluse. He is more visible in the community now, and he becomes an English teacher at the high school that Zach goes to and that Gail is vice principal at. And at the school, R.L. Stein sees that Zach is kind of sad. And he lets Zach know that Hannah's back. He wrote a new book for Hannah. So I guess he released Hannah from that book. And then he burns the book in front of Zach, showing that Hannah will never be sucked back into a book. I guess unless he writes her again. And that's pretty much the final scene. There's some sequel set up as well. The Invisible Boy uh, appears to still be alive and have been forgotten about. So that caps off the film, setting up for another film. And that is a brief summary of this film. So let's talk about some creatures. There are a lot of different creatures that come out of the Goosebumps books. Uh, as a child, I don't think I really had any Goosebumps books at home. I think I read maybe two or three over the whole time, and I think there could be close to 50. I don't know. Uh, someone will have to fact check me on that one. But there are some pretty good creatures in this film. There's a lot of CGI, but I think the CGI is done pretty well. The first creature, the Abominable Snowman, pretty scary. There's a good amount of, of jump scares in this film. Uh, there's Slappy the dummy that's 
pretty creepy. Very reminiscent of the newest Toy Story film. I won't spoil that because that's not on this film. But there's a there's a similar ventriloquist dummy in that. Uh, some other creatures. We have a flying poodle. I'm a big fan of that one. Uh, my family has a poodle. Not a miniature poodle like this one. But there's a flying white miniature poodle that looks like it has a bullet hole in its head. Uh, it seems to be crazy maybe like psychic has like psychic powers or something so that's a pretty cool idea uh, attack of the killer poodles uh what else have we got we've got a giant praying mantis that is mainly just destroying cars the whole film so that's pretty cool pretty nice idea um a lot of the cars seem pretty old so not much of a loss they seem to live in a very small town with small cars that are not too valuable. Uh, maybe that was just for the set budget. I'm not sure. Uh, what other creatures have we got? There's a lot more. There's some gnomes that throw knives. Those ones aren't so scary. Oh, my favorite are there appear to be some astronaut cows that can free, they have like freeze guns that freeze people and they freeze uh, the cops so that the cops can't respond to all the incidents that are being reported across town. That's a fun one. I really like the concept of walking cows. Like they're like two legged cows that have arms. They were very hard to see. Oh, I should probably talk about this too. I rented this film in 4k and I don't think my television can handle 4k so it wasn't very crisp and the lighting was quite a bit off so i think the cgi is probably even better if i watch it somehow like in hd or something on my tv or on a 4k tv but i think this also came out in 3d so that'd be interesting to see overall all the creatures are really fun and i think they pop out pretty well so I did, I did enjoy that aspect of the film. And they, they provided some good jump scares for me. I physically jumped once or twice. Actually, no, I think about three times in this film. So that was more than I expected from the first kid-friendly film that we're watching. But I think there will be a lot more jumps coming uh, in some films that we're going to watch in the next couple weeks. To me, the real horror of this film was the acting, I have to say. I was not a big fan. Uh, the guy who plays Zach, Dylan Minnette, is in a fair amount of young adult television shows, I think. Maybe a good amount of movies, too. He's in uh, 13 Reasons Why, and he always seems to play the same character, and I've kind of gotten tired of it. I'm just not a big fan anymore. He's always just a sad, grumpy guy. Uh, I think his just the facial expressions are too much for me. He's pretty subdued the most of most of the time, but it's very tough to watch just this sad guy on screen all the time. So I don't really like his character that much. Uh, Hannah was great. I thought that Odea Rush did a, a good job 
um, playing a fake person. There's also this sidekick character that feels really Disney Channel-like. So I think if you're a kid, there's there's plenty to enjoy with this film. I think the film as a whole is fun, but it's very Disney Channel-y. A um, lot of cheesy jokes going on all the time, a lot of puns. There's some that I, I chuckle at. I chuckle at them. I think the kids might like them. But this sidekick character, Champ, is he's too much for me. He's the like pretty common character you get in Disney shows. There's like this goofy sidekick that's just there to be made fun of. And I don't know, it just, it falls flat to me. And maybe I'm just old now and can't enjoy it as much. Jack Black is a very versatile actor. I honestly, I think I really would love to see him in a real drama. Like, I don't know, like Sasha Baron Cohen does some real drama. There's a lot of comedy actors that can do some real dramas. Kumail Nanjiani, people like that. I think it just really shows how deep you can go into a character. In this film, he's overacting and that's fine. I think that's what he wants to do. And at this point, Jack Black, you can do whatever you want. I will love you no matter what. From the days of School of Rock, huge fan. Uh, He has a great YouTube channel right now too called Jablinski Games. That's just like him basically living. And that's fun to watch. So I'd highly recommend if you're a Jack Black fan, check out his YouTube channel. Uh, You can let him know that I sent you and he'll be like, who's Zach from Zach's Spooktacularathon? Never heard of that guy. But uh, definitely check it out. I think we'd go amiss talking about this film if we don't talk a little bit more about bad parenting this week. So far, every film I've watched, parents are awful. I definitely think it's a horror convention being used. I'll have to keep watching. I know there's films like Carrie that are like clearly bad parenting, but these films caught me by surprise. I didn't know Nightmare on Elm Street had such bad parenting. I didn't remember that. I didn't remember The Shining having such bad parenting throughout the film. I had never seen Train to Busan, so I, of course, didn't know how bad the parents were in that film. I guess the lure didn't have, like, any parenting, so that didn't matter. But every film, aside from the lure this week, bad parenting all around. This film is no different. Jack Black plays his parent of this girl who supposedly doesn't know that she's not real because he never tells her that she's not real. But she finds out at the end. But this guy wrote his own daughter to life, which is just creepy. Like, I don't know what type of person would want to write someone into their life. Like, it's one thing to like have a child or adopt a child, but writing a fake child is literally just writing an imaginary friend for yourself but as a daughter so i don't know how i feel about like an imaginary sibling or an imaginary daughter son or an imaginary parent i think that's a major sign of some issues rl stein in this film clearly recluse 
So there's there's got to be some issues there. It's kind of interesting to me that R.L. Stein would approve a film that paints him in this in this way, but he's also in the film, I guess, in at least one of the scenes. I saw him in the credits, so I guess if if Jack Black came up to me and was like, "I'm gonna play you in a film," I'd be like, "Yeah, play me, do whatever you want." R.L. Stein, I'm sure, is living a good life with Jack Black playing him on screen and all the money he's made off those Goosebumps books. Uh, which, by the way, if you have a favorite Goosebumps book, let me know, because I am interested now to read about them. Supposedly, according to this film, R.L. Stein has written more books than Stephen King, and that's something he like holds up against Stephen King. But I've never read any of them, and I kind of want to see what the structure of a Goosebumps book is. Or I haven't read any of them in a very long time. I think I've read two or three again. But I'm just I'm interested in going back. I don't think that I want to see a sequel to this film. I wasn't that sold on this film. And I think the way they set this film up made it so that there shouldn't be a lot of sequels. Because my idea of like how you would lay out a franchise for this is to not have it based on the writer of the books, but to have it based on each book. So I think they might've found it was easier to engage a kid's audience. If you have a bunch of monsters as opposed to just one. So if anyone's seen the second film, let me know what you think. Uh, You can message me on anchor or through my social media, which is all in the description for this podcast. Let me know what you think of the second film and whether it's worth a watch. I think it has worse ratings than this film. This film, the ratings I saw were not terrible. And I would have expected much worse after seeing the trailer for this film. But I think the ratings for Goosebumps 2 are not great. So you'll have to let me know what you guys think if you've seen it. If anyone that's listening has seen it. Uh, so that maybe I'll check it out if if you guys think it's good. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back. We'll talk a little more, and we'll talk about what we're going to be watching, I guess, on Monday. It's the end of the week. It's Friday here, so we will uh, talk about what we're going to talk about next week. Well, I hope all of you listeners enjoyed the first week of this. I think we're getting better at it. Uh, Again, this is my first podcast ever. So I'm excited to just learn from it and get better throughout the month of October, watching horror films every weeknight. We're going to take at least a break tomorrow, uh, enjoy our Saturdays. But let's look back a little bit on on this week and what we thought. Um, I kind of want to do this at the end of each Friday episode, because I think that these kids' films might be harder to talk about, so that leaves us some time, because I don't want to ramble about nothing if I can help it. Uh, Some of you might view this podcast as me rambling about nothing, and you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Uh, We started off this week with my favorite horror film, which is The Shining. I don't think it was the scariest one we watched this week. But I always enjoy that rewatch. 
Uh, on Tuesday, we watched Train to Busan. That was the first time I'd seen that film. We do foreign films on Tuesdays. Uh, I I really liked it. I think that there were certain things that could have been improved in that film. But maybe I think there's a sequel now. So maybe I should watch that and see what I think. On Wednesday, we do musicals. We watched um, The Lure, a retelling of The Little Mermaid, a Polish retelling. And that was creepy. That one was just weird, I think. Uh, It wasn't too scary, I guess. It was gross and disturbing. But it wasn't jumpy. I enjoyed it. The music was great, too. I don't think we talked too much about the music, but I did really enjoy the music of the lore. Uh, On Thursday, we watched... Nightmare on Elm Street for the franchise film. That was a fun one. I was most scared by that one. And I recorded myself a little bit throughout it. And there were some good jumps that got me. I think that one, if you watch it at night, definitely scarier to watch at night. It's a little dated, of course. I mean, any 80s film is going to be a little bit dated today. But it holds up, and you can see why Freddy has held up all these years. Um, And then we finished off the week today with Goosebumps, which was fun. It wasn't my favorite film. I don't necessarily feel a need to watch a sequel to it or to really rewatch this one again. But it was fun, and I like watching Jack Black just put all of his heart into a film and just have a good time on screen. So that was fun. Next week, we're going to dive deeper. We're going to try and get scarier. Um, I think we're going to start with the classic film of Jaws. And the good news is now that it's fall, I'm not really going to feel the need to go swimming anytime soon. So by next summer, maybe I won't be afraid of sharks anymore. Uh, I am pretty afraid of the ocean in general and really don't enjoy swimming in the ocean. Talked about this a little bit with the lure actually, but I think the ocean is a very scary place that's almost completely undiscovered. So not a big fan of the ocean. Jaws does not help with that fear, but I think it's a good film. I haven't watched it in a very long time. I think it's going to hold up really well. So I'm excited to talk about that. Um, And then on Sunday, I think I'll release a little episode just of all the films I'm going to watch next week. I'm not going to tell you every film right now because I don't fully have it planned. I do have a plan for every film, but I'm not sure if I'll stick up to that plan. Uh, So I'll talk to you guys probably on Sunday. Enjoy your Saturday. Make sure to get outside, unlike me, who's basically like R.L. Stein in Goosebumps, and I've been inside watching horror films all week. But make sure to get outside if you can before the weather changes on us, uh, and enjoy your first few days of October.